Welcome to Dragon Talk. My name is Greg Tito. I'm joined by the inimitable Shelly Mazenoble. Hello, Greg. <laughs> Hello, Shelly. <laughs> that was very creepy, the way you said that. Ah. Did you mean to do it creepily? Yes, I Okay. Hi, Greg. Oh, there she is. <laughs> Happy Go Lucky Shelly is back. This reminds me of a game my brother and I used to play when we were little. What's we that? We'd get in fights, and then we one of us would go, I'm going to the new brother shop or the new sister shop. And then the other one goes away, goes in the room, you open the door, and the person goes, welcome to the new brother shop. I have three brothers you can choose from. <laughs> and he would be like, the first brother would be like a total jerk. Like, I don't like to play anything. I just want to sit here and pick my nose. And then the second brother was like, oh, I don't know. I, don't, I smell bad and I don't want to do anything. And then the third brother was my brother. Was okay. Like, and then we, I was like, I'll take number three. And then we would just go back and play. Oh. It was like the fight was over because we You went had to the this, new brother shop. We went, yeah, or the new sister shop. <laughs> so it was like you just went to like the new new podcast. I bet you wish. <laughs> I wish. I I'm going to buy a new Shelly. And I, I don't know if I would choose number three. I'd pick like one, one or two. We have to be more interesting. <laughs> Funny enough, my wife Erin has this thing where she, with her brother uh, uh, where they would play this game where it would be like, can Johnny come out to play? And they would like knock on the bedroom door and be like, can Johnny come out to play? And this would be the little brother <laughs> asking Erin. And she'd be like, no, I'm sorry, he can't. And then they would, she would close the door. <laughs> and then she said they would play that for hours. That was the whole game. That was the whole game. I was like, oh, my God, he that would sounds ask terrible. If he, was he Johnny? No. Johnny oh, it was, was just Johnny was nobody. Just to somebody <laughs> that, that, was all he that do. could play with a little brother. <laughs> And it's like, no, I'm sorry, he can't. And then <laughs> close the door, oh, act sad, and then go away, and then come back. Can Would Johnny he actually go to the front door? Or no, is there bedroom doors? Is there doors? bedroom doors? Not oh even like. Yeah. So you're a much nicer person than, than my wife, I think, is what this all comes down to. Well, her brother is very persistent. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that persistence is uh, genetic because my kids have that too. Oh. It's nonstop. You should teach them the game. Oh, we should. And then maybe they could just be distracted. Right, and they'll just knock on each other's doors all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but who is this Johnny guy? <sighs> Anywho, welcome to Track It Talk. We like to regale you with tales from Can our you childhood. just cut all that, Ryan? And our, our, our <laughs> guests today are uh, something uh, that we're announcing today. What? Yeah, they are the hosts for the Stream of Annihilation. What? It's a nonstop extravaganza on June 2nd and June 3rd here in Seattle. We're inviting a whole bunch of groups, uh, including Ms. Clicks and uh, Dragon Friends from Australia, uh, High Rollers coming from the UK. They're all coming. Uh, there's many more than that. They're all coming to Seattle, and they're going to play some Dungeons & Dragons with us, celebrate streaming. Live? Live. Streaming live, 12 hours, both days, six games each day. We're also going to let you guys know, maybe you want to know about this, the new Dungeons & Dragons storyline that's coming this fall. Announced? We'll find it out on June 2nd and June 3rd. But only on the live stream. Only on the live stream. Like that's you're right. not going to get that information by going to... DungeonsandDragons.com. Not at all. Oh. No. You just got to watch it. You got to watch. You'll find out from Mike Merles, Chris Perkins, and the people who will be asking them all those questions are the people we're talking to on Dragon Talk today. The hosts. The hosts. With Kelly the Link, Anna Prosser Robinson, two D&D people uh, who uh, are the perfect uh, host to be able to guide yes. our fans through what's happening because they're going to be playing on the stream of Annihilation 2. They're gonna, what? Do they know how busy they're going to be? <laughs> they're hosting this thing and they're playing. Yes. I don't know if they know that. They Do they know? I'm going to ask them if they know that. <laughs> they know. 
Okay. I think maybe they, I don't know if they know. But that's why we have two hosts, so that they can kind of switch back and forth. We were planning. We're planning ahead, see? Oh, good for you. Yeah, because one host, if someone's playing, then who's going to do the lead in and yeah, the lead out? Yeah, they're not in the same Game. They're not going to be in the same game. Okay. They'll lead in and lead out each other. That's it's like awesome. the perfect situation. Oh, my God. Plus, with 12 hours, two days, I think they would get a little exhausted if it was just one person doing it. Have a lot of, I bet, I mean, Dragon Friends are all the way in Australia, so they probably haven't met face to face. Have a lot of these people met face to face, or are no. most of them just. I mean, some of them, there's definitely some, you know, there's, there's going to be some people from Critical Role there, and those people might have met some people in some of these groups, but yeah. not all of them all together. You know, and uh, uh, there's definitely some 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 friend networking Man. and some sort of networking where people know each other. A lot of air kissing. A lot of air kissing. <laughs> is that is that what you do when you meet know. people? If you're that's what well if you're in from Europe and right. Australia, do the those, Australians those do that? Oh my god, I don't know. We need to get them. We'll, on find, the show that we'll find that out. We'll find that out when we talk Number to them on the question. podcast because I think they're going to be on a podcast later on. Uh-huh. You'll see as we lead up to you'll get to meet those dragon friends. It's uh, the cutest name. It is pretty cool. I like that they're friends and then they're dragons. dragons. I mean, I think they're dragons. We'll, we'll find out. All right. Cool. But anyway, I'm excited about this. Yeah, exactly. So Let's go to the uh, D&D Twitch channel. It's official. We're actually changing that up. I'm, I'll mention this again throughout the uh, the podcast, but we're changing up the, the URL for our Twitch channel. It will now be twitch.tv slash D-N, the letter N-D. That's it. Three Easy. letters. Three letters. You can memorize that, right? I was a theater major. <laughs> I can do that. You can do anything. I can, I can memorize uh, uh, Hamlet, all of it. Yeah. yeah, got it down. I still know the theme song from The Facts of Life. Go ahead. No. <laughs> you take the, the good, you take the bad. Da, 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 you take da, da. them both and there you have. That's all I remember. It's just the, the there's good and life, bad. The Facts of Life. You're not singing. There's a... Nope. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> we almost got it, folks. We almost got Shelly... <laughs> Maybe I can do it as C-3PO. <laughs> That's your homework. You got to okay. go home, do some, do some rehearsing of C-3PO uh, the farting uh, the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. So we have uh, uh, those guests coming on <laughs> for the interview later on. Uh, I guess, you know, uh, we could stop talking about Tales from the On and Portal. It's been out. You're going to get it. People I have it. If you don't get it, if you don't have it, go get it because it's yeah. going to be uh, flying off the shelves for the rest of the time as people are waiting for the new storyline, which we'll find out on June 2nd and 3rd. It's amazing. Stream of Annihilation. Do you like that name? I do. Yeah. Do you know what it's based on? The mm. Orb of Annihilation. <laughs> Not the again. The Sphere of Annihilation. You can't, can't, you can't touch it or you'll be destroyed. But can we? You can't appear on the stream or you'll be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Shelly okay. will be doing a segment. She's going to be interviewed. <laughs> Gone. That's good role play. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, you can't talk. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just looking at me so scared. Like I just killed her. No, you're alive. It's okay. You're fine. Am I here? You're not here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, my gosh. Where am I? So uh, we have a lore. You should know. Uh, coming up. Do you want to? Yeah, and it's going to be Matt Cernet talking about some amazing things. We'll, we'll just kind of get that going right here with some bing bongs. What do you think about that? And then, <laughs> and then we'll be back with our host from the Stream of Annihilation. Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. I'm Greg Tito, and this segment is all about getting little bits of lore out to you, our listeners. 
uh, to get your little mind, not little minds, your large minds uh, flowing with uh, information and D&D things you can incorporate into your own campaign or just to get some backstory of what's happening in the Forgotten Realms. And I'm joined by Matt Cernet. Hey. How's it going? Awesome. He is our resident lore master. I was going to say resident roar master, which... I, I, I don't roar much. <laughs> that is true. You don't really <laughs> roar much. Uh, and today we're going to talk about a little, uh, I keep saying little, uh, a part of the Forgotten Realms that uh, I'm not sure everyone is, is uh, aware of. And that is that uh, before there were humans and before there were elves in the Forgotten Realms, uh, there were these progenitor races, races that existed uh, before. And they might be have echoes of them in, our, in the Forgotten Realms now, um, but these were the first people to to appear on Toril. Is that is that correct? Yes, and it's not specifically true that uh, it's before humans. Actually, okay. Um, so there are five creator races. Uh, some of the canons a little it, it dithers over what, who's in the group and who's not. But um, generally, the five creator races are uh, the Airy, the Saruk, um, the Batrachi, uh, and humans. And the Fey. Oh, okay. And so those are the first sort of creatures in the world. Uh, and then... Do they all come at the same time? Well, it, it's not... There's not necessarily a clear origin story for any of them. Okay. In the sense of, like, the Fey were created, blah, or humans were made, blah. Um the 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 world sort of has it's a, it has a basically like a, a Pangea like quality right like all the cottons are all you know smooshed together more or less mm-hmm. and um, at that time when these uh, creator races are, are doing their thing uh, the basic outline is the Fey leave for the Feywild more or less mm-hmm. or fairy um, with you know some remaining obviously. Uh, humans throughout this this period are more or less just a Stone Age people, um, you know, Neanderthalish sort of or something. Right. And hunter gatherers. Yeah, small groups, that kind of a thing. And then the um, the various uh, other three creator races have a series of empires that last for, you know, a few hundred or a few thousand years. Um, now, was this created uh, in, back in Ed Greenwood's home campaign? Well, that's it's hard to say. So the first appearance of the idea of the creator races is in uh, the Savage Frontier, which is one of the first supplements for the Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. And then it's picked up again in uh, Lords of Darkness, um, which is sort of a, a supplement about the undead in the world of Forgotten Realms. Uh, that's also very early, um, sort of first uh, going into second edition. And, uh, and then it doesn't get a whole lot of um, explanation or... Uh, any real details and so on until uh, a few products that basically around the third edition. And the big one that really sort of sets a lot of it into stone is um, uh, the Serpent Kingdoms product and, of course, the uh, um, Grand History of the Realms kind of uh, solidifies all the little bits and pieces into one big story. And uh, so you have the, the, the Saruk who are sort of a... Um, sort of snake person. They're a Yonti kind of progenitor race okay. thing. Were they different from the Yonti, or they? Yes, uh, and the the precise ways in which they are different. It's I mean, 
would you know the difference if you licked one? I don't know. <laughs> um, but and then you have the the Badrachi who that are different than Bullywugs, but they're sort of Bullywug progenitor. And then there's the Ari, which are different from Aracocra, and uh, they are the Aracocra progenitors. So th- they all have their sort of weird little little stories of, of ri- rising and falling. Um, I think the Ari is my favorite because. Uh, there's sort of this. There's the idea that they are uh, scaled, feathered beings, mm-hmm. and so to my mind, they're sort of like these uh, humanoid Archaeopteryxes, and <laughs> and uh, the, they have a funny arc because essentially um, their empire falls because they they uh, align themselves in, in part with Pazuzu, who is a very um, strange demon lord that doesn't sort of get a lot of um, mention elsewhere, but he's a sort of strange demon lord of uh, air and flying and weird winged creatures and stuff like that. And so they, they their empire kind of falls because of the, the influence of Pazuzu. Um, now, would they, did the empire rise because of the influence of him too? Or was it something that like his influence took over their empire and then caused it to fall? Um, so the the various so like the Saruk Empire is kind of like the first one that that, that um, uh, arises and uh, all these different um, uh, regenerations regenerations are also like uh, they're they're a core responsibility for creating certain things. So uh, I think it's the Airy who make the wyverns according to some little bit of canon somewhere. Oh, neat. Okay. And uh, one of them's responsible for owl bears, but I forget which one. <laughs> um, and uh, well, that's interesting because in the Greyhawk kind of views of universe, that there's isn't it a different way for how owl bears came about? I'm sure it is. I'm yeah. sure it is. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I mean, obviously these, these little bits of uh, canon are, are separate from one another, but um, the, the period in which this is all taking place again is like, so super prehistoric. It's like 30,000 years ago in the current realms timeline. You know, okay. It's like 30, a little bit more than 30, I thought 30, so 35. Like almost like know. pre ice age. If yeah. we were to think about it as mapping onto earth's history, you know, like it's very far away. Right. And so um, the, the interesting thing, though, is that the uh, the Saruk kind of stick around in a weird way. Um, there's a an area in Anorak, uh, and I, f- I think it's a. Mm, I'm going to mess it up. It might be a Reem, but I, I don't. I'm not sure that's true. Okay. Um, and uh, there's a bunch of Saruk uh, mummies or liches that are all kind of entombed there, mm. and uh, they're supposed to like stay there entombed for some reason. I've forget exactly what but one of them keeps on waking up and mecking musting you know messing around with with the mortal races that are still kicking around so the there's the idea of the nether scrolls mm. which is basically where um the modern form of of magic and the human form of magic uh is sort of learned and and that's based upon um sort of the work of um, all three of those progenitor races, but primarily Saruk, to understand magic. And so this one guy, this this one Saruk, comes out of uh, hibernation essentially every now and then, mm-hmm. and he's called the Terraseer by uh, the Netherese, which is the ancient um, empire of super wizards and stuff like that. That was mostly human. Correct? Yeah. And uh, so he comes out and he occasionally... Uh, you know, hands people uh, these the, the Nether Scrolls to help them sort of learn things. Then he goes away and, and fades in the background, and it comes out again later on and does this other thing. So he's a strange l- little little figure, 
And so he was a, a, a Saruk, yeah. who were the snake people progenitors. Right. Uh, and so their, their empire rose and then fell. You said they were the first to kind of have a You're right. And they, power. They, were, they were around for, for uh, I don't know, like to, I think about 5,000 years or so. Um, and were they ruling over the other progenitor races or were they just kind of coexisting with them? It's, it's not super clear. There, there's a map in maybe in... Um, in the Grand History of the Realms, I think presents them as being uh, coexistent empires at the time, um, but then they they have their own sort of like flowering and dominance periods. Got it. And uh, so the the Saruk eventually uh, fall. Uh, the Batrachi, um, the sort of weird Bat- Batrachi is kind of weird because. Um, uh, that I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right because it's an actual English word. <laughs> it and it means I should have looked that up before I came here. <laughs> uh, it, it means basically frog-like. Okay. So you know you can find the word Bagrachi in Greyhawk supplements, but all they're talking about is frog-like things. It's okay. You so know, similar to slods and, and yeah, and it, fro- slods, the bullywugs you know, that you mentioned. You know, this means fro- frog and toad-like. And so uh, they they have their thing, and they there's a, a reference to them, um, or a couple of references to them uh, worshiping uh, the deity Ramanos, who is a deity of bullywugs um, that is still worshipped in theory. Uh, and whether that deity is a demon lord or primordial or whatever, it sort of changes from addition to addition what we ascribe Ramanos as. But it's sort of um, often acknowledged as a sort of uh, degenerate or a sleeping god or just something that, that isn't really a, a real uh, going concern, but the Bullywugs still worship that person anyway. And that, that in the realms anyway, calls back to um, the Barachi uh, worshiping Ramanos. Um, and the, oh, okay. So it's it similar to uh, Pazuzu in that like, they, all, they had like a, a patron deity that right. continues to, to this day. And I think that... Uh, the bar, gosh, the Barachi. I think they they uh, wrecked themselves somehow with some some massive, um, or was that the the airy? Oh goodness. Um, so no, it was it was the it was the Barachi because they um, they were ways they the Barachi were were fighting a war basically against the giants. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sort of did this massive summoning ritual that um, summoned the primordials. And you know, this is a this is from sort of a fourth edition perspective what primordials are. Mm. Um, but this is basically uh, when crazy stuff happens to them. So, so in theory, one of these primordials is so powerful that they summon like an ice moon to come and like slam into the planet. Oh, wow. And uh, that is when um, a beer and Toral, which are sort of these, uh, um, m- you know, mirror worlds or whatever, are s- effectively one at this point. And in theory, Ao splits them so that the, uh, the primordials go off onto this other world mm. and that becomes a beer and Toral spins off on its own thing. And then the, the weird ice moon misses. Oh, <laughs> so it was like the ultimate, uh, uh, you know, Michael Bay Armageddon move. Was yeah. <laughs> not to send up an astronaut to blow up the ice moon, but it was to move the the planet yeah, so that it just, just dodged. Them. It was an and, uncanny dodge that that Ao did, and and then that causes massive calamities. And I I guess um, like the there's another part of the canon too where where that is actually maybe where Saloon's tears come from is that. 
I had like a glancing blow against the moon or something like that, and that's what caused Saloon's tears in the Forgotten Realms. The moon, um, Salune, um, is uh, followed through the sky by a series of sparkling motes in the air or in the night sky, and those are Saloon's tears. And, and so that's it's all this sort of myth slash Le, you know, legend what's actually happening here and yeah. it's, you know whatever it's 30 40,000 years ago and um right so all the stuff that's that's written about it now is you know right has gone into legend uh, right. even in the in the setting of the world itself exactly right okay interesting um and so is you mentioned that the suruk were the only ones that like kind of still had uh, uh influence in the forgotten realms now is that yeah that's largely true so um the suruk kick around in in various elements, um, largely thanks to Serpent Kingdoms. And, uh, what, are the serp- what are the Serpent Kingdoms? So, um, that's a book, and uh, there are a number of different areas in the Forgotten Realms inhabited by uh, Yuan-Ti, and so it's, it's primarily focused on Yuan-Ti and lizard folk and various other lizardy things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, these are basically the the inheritor states, if you will, or, or peoples of the, the Saruk, sort of creations of them that have then gone on to survive and so on. And that's the Is idea with the auntie. Kind of similar to, uh, like, Spain's influence in Latin America, in a way, where, like, you know, there was this, you know, was one culture that got, they, you know, came into contact with other cultures and might have taken them over and conquered them, but then they're still some of that culture there, or is it, uh, what's an analog? Jeez. Oh, um, I mean, it's hard to say because they, the idea with this rook is that they actually uh, made a lot of these these creatures and so oh, on. Oh, okay. And it's like sort of servitor races and that kind of a thing. Oh, okay, so they actually created lizard folk. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. And, and then the, the Yuan-Ti that we know now of began as that too? Right, that's the idea. And so there's there's some... You can you can look at some parallels in the lore between, for instance, uh, descriptions of the Saruk and cer- descriptions of certain of the Yonti deities, and so there's there's hints in the lore that essentially um, the the Yonti are basically worshiping maybe elevated Saruk or at least some aspect of the Saruk nature got into their mythology, um, and that. You know, would they look at a Saruk and say, you know, see something that is uh, to be worshipped or that that or would they just see something that is um, sort of uh, on par with them as far as power? It sort of depends upon what the Saruk. I mean, the Terraceer is supposed to be like some sort of crazy super wizard, mm. you know, as, in addition to being a Saruk and a Lich and so on. So um, I imagine, you know. The ones that have survived yeah. would be the ones that are, are, are you know have that more power. Yeah, interesting. Uh, the the only so the, the Badrachi basically uh, kind of disappear from the lore, other than sort of occasionally being referenced as sort of you know ancient ruins or or whatever. And the Aeri are supposed to have gone over to another continent. And whether they went over there, whether the continent split and took them over there, <laughs> right? Um, there was that Pangea idea. Yeah, where like, you know, they could have just. Migrated naturally, and they yeah. can fly too, so yeah. they can actually sure. migrate. Um, and so there's there's reference to them basically as being over in um, an area that is uh, called uh, Ankarome, I believe, and that is equivalent to sort of like a North America, if if sort of Europe is the um, sword coast, sword coast type air space. I see, I see. So, yeah, undiscovered country. Right. Theoretically, they're over there somewhere. Right. 
Who knows? And then humans have not uh, uh, traveled over there very much. Well, that's not entirely true because uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Mastika um, setting and uh, some sort of follow-on products have elaborated on that. And there are uh, Mastika is essentially a, a you know a, a Mesoamerican type setting that was put on that continent, and it's basically oh, I see. right in the middle between the, the the sort of equivalents of North and South America. I see. And there are descriptions of uh, humans and elves and other things living in the Ancarome and the southern continent. Uh, its name is escaping me at the moment. Mm. Um, now, when now just to go back, I mean, because I'm making all these analogs to our history and things like that. Was that what, you know, do you think Ed was pulling on when he was creating well, all these or, or the, the team of writers at, at TSR? Yeah, certainly the, the team of writers at TSR. Um, the degree to which Ed was, was drawing on those things uh, is I'm not super clear on. Certainly he, Ed did draw on a lot of um, historical elements for various parts of the setting. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the direct historical analogs are because the, the team at TSR at the time had a lot of historians, essentially, and people who were really fascinated with history on, mm. on the team. I think Douglas, Nile, Douglas Niles in particular, who was um, uh, influential in creating the Mestica storyline and novels and also um, the Horde campaign and, and novels there. Which right. So Mestica is basically, uh, and the novels that are associated with that, is, is uh, analogous to sort of the conquest of the New World, if you will, and then the horde, and then all associated with that is analogous to Genghis Khan. I see. So, and, and those are really direct analogies. They do divert, and they are fantastical versions of them, of course. Um, but they they draw very heavily upon those ideas and the, the sort of tropes of those stories and that Neat. kind of thing. And we had, we had talked about uh, Douglas Niles' uh, uh, novels on the Moonshay Isles as well, right? right? So he was, you know, at this time, uh, big into the world building of what this was going on, along with, you know. R.A. Salvatore and all the other writers. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I think that, um, you know, the as that group was sort of creating the, the setting, um, I don't know what sort of decisions were made as far as like how the products were focused on. I'm, I'm, maybe we can get someone here who can tell us essentially, <laughs> hey, TSR, how did you get these products made? Yeah. Um, but there was a series of products over in the second edition period that, that did sort of direct historical analogs. And and then in addition to those, there were some that were like, okay, no, no, we're going to go to Thay. And Thay is like nothing you've ever seen before, you know, and it's this crazy magical nation with all this other stuff. And it's yeah. you know, totally just straight up D&D stuff. Uh, but even then, there's there's some echoes of, of sort of like um, uh, cultural analogs in the sense of um, – there's a, a a way of treating Thay as sort of this this magical nation high in the mountains to the east, and so there's sort of like a well, is there something about like the the Himalayas there? Is there mm. something about Shangri La, like or? But then you look at the actual details of it, and it's like no, it's totally different. But right. there's there's an, sort of an uh, echo of that. And I think what I'm kind of getting at too in this line of questioning is the idea that like dungeon masters out there, like you can pull stuff from the Forgotten Realms and kind of think about that. But then you know, so much of what the Forgotten Realms and other fantasy settings have done is 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 done with exactly what you're talking about. Like it takes threads of things that are happening in our real world and then gives it a fantastic bent right. to. It, and then that makes it feel like more real because you know people have some knowledge of history will feel like oh yeah that's something that could have happened in our world and then like you know you get to, to play with it and make it fun yeah I think that the, there there are some fantasy fans out there who who uh, sort of find that uh, maybe they think it's lazy or something but really it does give you good 
footing on which to understand what you're looking at. Right. You know, you, it's really hard to make up an entire culture from scratch. You know? So yeah. if, you, if you know that, hey, it's, they're sort of like Vikings, then, oh, okay, a lot of other things fall into place. You don't have to explain everything that you, you know, need to know about a culture. If right. You, if they're sort of like Vikings. And it doesn't even, I mean, you could independently come up with like, oh, they're raiders and they're coastal and blah, blah, blah. And then after a while, you'd be like, oh, crap, they're just Vikings. You know? <laughs> you know, like, it, it happens without you even trying sometimes. Right, exactly. You know? And so it, sometimes it's okay to embrace that and then just be like, okay, start from there and then yeah. you know, extrapolate and make it your own uh, after that. And for, for world builders out there, uh, I, I advise that you, you take a look at, uh, take a, a cue from magic. Um, because for me, a lot of what magic is doing in its world building uh, is really fascinating because you they they take a look at a sort of a culture or whatever through its le- a particular lens and then you know twist it in some direction and um, you know like what's going on with Amonkhet right uh, now Amonkhet right now and you know I, I'm just waiting for like you know. Indonesian Vikings go right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, right there's like there's two wheels that uh, you know yeah, just, just like to pick one thing and the other and just yeah. slam the other magic it and like, all good like uh, yeah but there's something really cool about that yeah, for sure I, uh, they haven't taken me up on Indonesian Vikings yet but uh, I think it's <laughs> well, good we can make it happen for D and D you know coming in 2020 Indonesian Vikings <laughs> you heard it here first folks um, I also like the idea and maybe we don't have to expand about this right now but you mentioned how there was the the Empire of the Giants uh, uh, that came up after this and. You know, we and talking about Storm King's Thunder, we talked a lot about their conflict with the dragons and all that. So, right. you know, so so the um, I guess what I just mentioned with the creator races is that these are the ones that are sort of in the world at the time, and literally they're wandering around with like dinosaurs and stuff like that. So, uh, and all kinds of you know weird prehistoric animals from way back when, and a lot of the other races in the world of Forgotten Realms come in as essentially emigres. So um, uh, orcs come through a bunch of magical gates. They're summoned through by, uh, I think it's human wizards, um, but it's called the Orc Gate Wars, and they're mm. kind of brought into the world. Um, dwarves appear in a particular place in the Forgotten Realms uh, in, in the, the south and spread out from there. Elves appear um, from fairy, essentially, and then come through. And um, dragons and giants... Um, appear in the world and they're not one of the creator races but they they appear in the world really soon after them and they also fight with them so there's there's in some of the canon there's a suggestion that um dragons are created by these creator races but i think that's unlikely in the sort of fiction of the world um it's more likely that they are also some sort of emigre Mm. into the 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 world of forgotten realms Um, I just love that it all it all goes back to you know these three to five races that that kind of you know uh, started it all and to me it really clicked when I started thinking about them too as them being some of the realms that were forgotten. Yes, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And if and if you think about um, you know any sort of uh, architecture or real world um, uh, thing that's remained in even after a couple thousand years usually. Uh, the stone and so on is is gone or mm. defaced or just you know, worn down or whatever. So, you know, you can imagine the uh, an entire Saruk or or you know, airy city someplace, and you can't really recognize it as such anymore. But maybe underground, where things are preserved better or that kind of things, so, i.e., dungeons, you would find further hints of of these old civilizations and stuff like that. And that's such a great thing to incorporate into any D&D campaign. Yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Um, and uh, where can people maybe ping you for questions about the progenitor races or anything going <laughs> forward on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on, on Twitter as at Cernit. Awesome. Uh, looking forward to more, and uh, we'll delve into more Lori Snow coming up in the next weeks. So that was a good Lori Snow with Mr. Matt Cernet. He is the lore master, the master of lore. Um, Shelly is mad. Mrs. Garrett of lore. Exactly. <laughs> Boy, if only, if only there was some theme song we could be playing if right now. If only we could. Oh! You take them, take them back, back, and there you have All right. <laughs> just, you want to do the whole thing? No, no, we're not doing the whole thing, Shelly, because we have two awesome guests. I'm doing it on the stream. You should. I'm yeah. lip sync the shit out of it. Yeah, dude, you could totally. You do it. Yeah. I'm doing it. You're going to do it. But first, we have to talk to two awesome hosts. Yes. You ready for that? Yes. Yeah, because well, let's just call them up and we'll just talk to them because we have lots of questions. Yes, we do. All right. You take the good. Hello. 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 So thank you guys so much for joining us on Dragon Talk. We have Anna Prosser Robinson. Hello. Hello. And Kelly Link. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so these two fine ladies are going to be our hosts for the stream of Annihilation. Yay! Oh, that Yay! name is so scary. We're so excited to finally be able to talk about this. It's been working in the in the back corridors of uh, <laughs> Wizards of the Coast for months. It feels so like. secretive that I didn't even know about it. Shelly doesn't know. Yeah. I knew a little. Only because I, I really like behind. the name you finally settled on too. Right? Stream of Annihilation. It's good, right? Yeah. But, no, it's terrifying. I'm scared to work it. <laughs> <laughs> you may be like winked out of existence from it. Did Greg sign you up before he told you what the name of of it was going to be? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And there was I a secret not, name. No. I don't know if we're allowed to say the secret name. You but could it was say the secret name. I have no idea what where it came it? from. Uh, Wheel of Fish. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we were like, what did that mean? All right, so do you know the Weird Al Yankovic movie, UHF? Have you ever oh. seen it? Movie? He has his own movie. Yeah, wait, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, I did not know that. All right, so you guys have to go. This is your homework then. You have to go on Netflix or, or wherever it is and watch UHF. It was the early 90s uh, movie that Weird Al Yankovic made. It's actually hilarious, but he inherits a uh, ultra-high, you know, one of the really old, crappy TV stations and then starts doing his own programming and just, like, making it up. And it's a big hit. Like, everybody loves the weird programming that he comes up with. Um, and so when we were talking about our Twitch channel and how we were going to have all these programming, it, we were like, oh, it's just like UHF. We have to, like, you know, figure out which, <laughs> which show is going to go and what time slot and all that. And uh, Wheel of Fish is one of the shows that is in UHF. Uh, and it's, it, it's famously a guy who, like, spins a wheel of actual fish that are, I like, nailed it. onto a board. <laughs> and the People lady, are be disappointed. The lady, had, I think you have to like choose. It's like it's not really like told what the rules of the game show are, but that she choose Red Snapper, and then the host says Red Snapper, very tasty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well now we're gonna have to make Wheel of Fish jokes while we're hosting Stream of Annihilation. You must just for you, Greg. We need a Wheel of Fish. <laughs> we actually need to get a. Yeah, it's Seattle. It's like Seattle. We could just go, go down to the, the market. Yeah. We That's true. No, just like mark them one through twenty and use it instead of a twenty-sided die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like Dylan Sprouse does with his uh, um, uh, pug crawl. They do like a little bit of a randomization of like what they're going to play and what they're going to do. It. If that was just fish instead. Yes. Done and done. <laughs> Easy. 
sweet. So you guys are going to be uh, the the guides to this madness. It's going to be two hours. No of pressure. Sh- two hours. Two days. Two hours. Two hours. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> two days of twelve hours of streaming each day. Uh, it's going to be crazy. Lots of people playing Dungeons and Dragons. We have tons of groups coming from all over. There's misclicks, of course, which you guys are also going to be playing in. Some of that Kelly is. Uh, and then Dice Camera Action uh, from Chris Perkins uh, DMing and that whole group. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's other folks who are coming from uh, the UK, from Australia. Uh, it's going to be crazy. All people playing Dungeons and Dragons live in front of a camera. And as well, on top of that, this will be your job, talking to the D&D team and some of these groups that people may not know and uh, eking out all the details about the new storyline that's coming. Mm-hmm. Crazy. That's right. Yeah, actually... You, uh, Greg, you brought up that Kelly's going to be playing with misclicks, which is actually privileged information that Ooh. has never been released before. Wow. Breaking news. Do you want to Do you want to give the full release? Sure. I'm happy to. If, if Kelly's okay with it. I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're really excited because misclicks has been creating role-playing content and specifically Dungeons & Dragons content for the entirety of Miss Click's existence. And we are collaborating with Wizards to create a D&D show, this time a 5th edition one, that will be on the Wizards channel. It will be called Miss Click's D&D Risen. Mm -hmm. And we can't tell you too much more about it other than who's going to be playing, which is uh, Kelly Link. And she's going to be joined by Silent Osiris, Stephen Lumpkin, uh, Koibu, Neil Erickson, and Cheerhex, Britt Wiseman, they're all going to be playing under DM Tristeray, who you yes. may have seen also on this podcast previously, I think. That's right. Yeah, actually about a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We I, talked I to her. actually had the privilege to play with her in another Misclick series, and she wasn't the DM, so I'm really excited to see her DM. Nice. She's really good. I'm really excited. Yeah. Awesome. Is this her first uh, foray DMing in front of the camera, or has she? No, she did Prophecy, She's... right? Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miss Cook's D&D Prophecy actually just finaled uh, like last week, I think. So now she's, she's pouring herself into preparation for Risen. Yeah. Uh, so when is Risen starting? It's it's all not announced yet. The, <gasps> what I just said is the only announcement that has ever been made about this. So we I have to keep more. Some things, you know. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's awesome. That's very exciting. Yeah, it'll be premiering in in uh, uh, the weeks following Stream of Annihilation. Okay. It'll be huge. Yeah. And what has been revealed is just that there will be some presence from Miss Clicks D&D Risen at Stream of Annihilation and that there will be some gameplay there. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So part of what that is, uh, the stream is just going to be us talking about the new D- D&D story, new products, which Shelly, I know, has got one that she wants to talk uh, about. I do, I do. A lot. I really um, do. And, then as, and then introducing uh, the audience to all of these new shows and new groups uh, that maybe some people you've you know, seen before, like Naja and, and Stephen Lumpkin and Kelly and everybody, uh, to ones that uh, are, are a little bit amateur in the streaming world, but are super professional as far as Hollywood and acting goes goes and there's some costumes and stuff uh, I'm really excited about mm-hmm. getting all these folks into into one room uh, costumes you say there might be some costumes costumes yes oh, I'm going to wear a fish costume <laughs> <laughs> you'll be the red snapper I will be very tasty I might do it I just might do it now I, I'm on board with that all right. we'll get you making that costume right now okay 
So, uh, so a- Anna, we've talked to you before about your, your history with playing Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, so, uh, Kelly, maybe we can get some more from you about when, you, when did you start playing? When did, uh, did Who the... did this to you? Yeah, exactly. Ooh, <laughs> I actually I have a very interesting story, and I think my story is going to be very, very uh, common in like 10, 15 years when all these nerd couples start having nerd babies and nerd children. <laughs> um, but my parents actually met in the late 70s playing Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, cute. And their wedding reception was a D&D campaign. They made me play, made me play when I was five years old. And they actually still play to this day with the same couple they met 30 years ago every Sunday. No way. That's amazing. Right? So Every D&D, Sunday? Every Sunday. Every Sunday for the last 30 years, I'm closer oh to like God. this couple than I am with my actual like extended family. I was family. just thinking that these people have to be like second parents to you. Oh, yeah. No, I called them Uncle Ken and Aunt Donna. And I mean, growing up as a kid, there was actually six of them. But, you know, as everyone gets older, people separate. But this other couple has been playing with my parents for 30 years now. So, yeah, my, my mom and dad met. Uh, and I think it was first edition, maybe first edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. And my mom thought my dad was a nerd. And then he <laughs> went off. He went off for a few years and off to the military and came back kind of buff. And that's when my mom was like, okay, I'll date you. And, uh, nice. yeah, ever since then, I've, I mean, it's in my genes, right? Like, yeah. I'm, it's in my blood. So when did they first, inter- like, let you come to the table and actually start playing? I was five, I guess five years old was the age that my parents determined that was okay yep. for me to play Dungeons and Dragons. And they, they ran a little campaign for me and my sister, who also played. She was uh, older by three years. Mm. And I played a wizard. And I didn't understand the concept of, you know, constitution or that wizards weren't really supposed to jump in front of orcs. And within the first (laughs) game, my father had to kill me. And my mother was so upset because I jumped in front of an orc as a wizard because a five-year-old doesn't understand that. You can't do that, right? And my dad kills me. My mom was so upset at my dad for killing me because he could have, you know, changed the rules maybe. Right, just fudged it. hardcore. It's the integrity of a DM, right? <laughs> you learned a harsh lesson. <laughs> That's that, a good in that lesson. Game. It's better you you did something like that in your D and D game before you like you know jumped in front of a car or like yeah. crossing the street or something. Like you <laughs> you learned consequences you early. Don't get a saving throw in real life. <laughs> no. <laughs> so there's a lesson there. That, that's why all kids should play D and D. That's super cool. Yeah. We yeah, always talk about, because we have young kids, uh, uh, Shelly and I, so we always talk about, like, when are we going to introduce, you know, my girl into this? Or, you know, Queen is a little early. He's yeah. only, you know, four, right? So Three and a half. Three and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five it was D&D, and ten was MMOs. Ten was Whoa. when I could play Ultima Online. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> were you chomping were, at the bit before then? Like, come on, oh, I tenth was. birthday. I played, I played Ultima 7, so I actually loved the <laughs> Ultima series. So I really wanted to play Ultima Online, and for some reason, 10 was the age that I could. And then there was player killing all over the place. (laughs) So your parents must be very proud of you and all that you've accomplished. It's it's funny, because I I, I got my degree in education. I was a teacher for a year before I decided to go into gaming. And when I told them, after my parents helped me put put me through college... I'm like, hey, so I, I don't think I want to be a teacher anymore. And they're like, oh, Kelly, we never saw you as a teacher anyway. Like, <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah, exactly. It was crazy. They've, they've always been very supportive of me. My, they play more video games than I do right now, honestly. <laughs> oh, I love that. You're those. like, I'm too dizzy. I'm too busy, Dad. Mom, I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, I can't teach. Right? I'm sorry. Priorities. Yeah. So when you said, <laughs> I want to go into gaming, were they like, 
that sounds great. Or like my parents would be like, that's not a thing. Like you, oh, what do you no. mean? Like you can't do this. for me. They were, they were really happy for me, especially cause uh, my, my entrance into gaming was very quick. Like I, I kind of was a streamer for a few months. And then after about a, like almost a year of trying to be a streamer, I got hired by a development studio. So there was never like a lull of me actually like making a living off of this, right. right? There was always possibilities for me. My parents were supportive of that. That's great. That is super cool. Is your sister still gaming? Oh, yeah. My sister plays, right now, she's been RPing on World of Warcraft for a good 10 years now. Mm. Uh, but what is she playing right now? I think they're all playing Ark. Yeah, they're all playing Ark right now. Is that the dinosaur game? <laughs> yes, or yeah. they just had the dinosaur patch. Okay. Sur pass. Survival evolved. I see that that that's everywhere. That arc thing. So yeah, no, that yes. that is super cool. That is that is a great story. I that's love that you really got like good. an education background too. Do you think that ever kind of filters into some of what you do now? You know what? I uh, I was a history teacher and I focused on ancient history. And the job that I actually started working at was a game based on mythology. So oh. it really did. I did educational streams every Monday. It's called Mythological Monday. And I would pick one of the characters from the game and just explain about their lore. So, yeah, totally. All right. So you used your education. Done. I have to, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's no way I can go to school for like four to five years and then like be like, eh, I'm just not going to use it. Well, I was a theater major. So the only way that I actually use my education is like sometimes I memorize things. <laughs> what are you talking about? You've got all these wonderful voice talents. Oh, and uh, I do. That you, I do that you good bring voices. Out. Yeah, so, really good. Yeah, Shelly and I both went to school for for theater, so yeah, uh, yeah. It's a it's a thing that I guess I only really comes out uh, here together. Sometimes you sing. Yeah, uh, exactly. And sometimes I do voices. <laughs> Very cool. So, uh, uh, Anna, yeah, so, I mean, it has been, I guess, more than a year or two since yeah. we've talked to you uh, as well. So uh, I, now you have to top Kelly's story as when you got into <laughs> Dungeons & Dragons. Jeez. Has it been a year already? I'm flabbergasted by that. Right? I know. Um, Time keeps on slipping into the future. <laughs> oh, you seriously. should write that down. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where all the theater comes from. I will memorize it. Yeah. <laughs> well... To, to recap, if people have been listening to 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 all of these episodes and caught me last time, I got into D&D. Um, the first game I ever played was on a live stream. So I unfortunately didn't get introduced crazy. to it as a kid and got introduced to it as an adult in, in the gaming world. And my first game was on Misclicks when we did Misclicks D&D Pirate Edition, which was actually oh, a wow. second edition campaign, even though 5th edition was already out at that, right. that time. The DM that we were with wanted to play 2nd edition, so we did. And um, we started playing then, and we realized uh, that that show that we started is still going on. We've been doing it on every Tuesday night since then. And I think we just passed up four years of playing every Tuesday night online on stream on Twitch. That's insane. That's crazy. I know. Isn't that intense? That's like the it's opposite, really cool. you know, uh, I love that you guys are like, you know, the opposite end of the <laughs> yeah. spectrum where, you know, we talk about people who've been playing for, for you know, decades yep. and they have so much history. They've gone through every edition uh, like Kelly has. And then we have you who have been like, oh, like, yeah, let's, I just got into it. And I'm just, you both are both as engaged as you could possibly be <laughs> in, in the hobby, but coming at it from totally different histories. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dungeons well, and Dragons is timeless, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, totally. getting get. I mean, we've been using this line a couple of times, but like, it really taps into that idea of of sitting around a campfire and telling stories with your friends. Like, yeah. it is yeah. timeless. 
back yeah. to the prehistory of human race. <laughs> People have been doing this for centuries. And I, I think what I always wanted to be, I love my job. I, I think I'm in my dream job right now. But, you know, when I was younger and if you asked me if you could have any dream job in the world, what would it be? I always wanted to be an actress mm-hmm. um, or an actress singer. And so you can see that D&D is definitely my outlet for that because I've never done not never, but rarely do I do D&D when it's not also entertainment. So right. I think a lot about, you know, who's this character I'm creating? And I actually have a character now that sings as part of the characters because so I can sing on stream if I want to. And so it's been an outlet for me for that kind of creativity that I I want to express and for the, the theater major in me, if, if you will, to express myself that way. Did you go to school for theater too? Not technically. I went for communication studies and international studies. So um, it was, again, it was a similar kind of thing where I wanted to go for actually music and theater. And my Mm. parents were like, can you transition Mm. that into something that makes us feel less scared about the future? (laughs) And so so I did international studies and speech communication, and I was, like, on the speech team. But I was on the speech team not doing debate. I was doing performative, like, uh, what they call dramatic interp. So I would get Uh a scene. And then I would perform a scene for a speech team. So it was like competitive speaking, but performative. Whoa. So, yeah, it was really, never really even heard fun. Of that. That's like debate really? almost. There's monologues and debate. Yeah. Uh, it, it was the same team as the debate team. And actually, that's how I met my husband, who also plays D&D. Um, <laughs> but he was the debate captain, and I was the individual events captain. So I oh. didn't like to argue, but I liked to perform. And he wasn't into memorizing things, but he liked to argue argue so we uh we worked together as captains of both sides of that team That's and here we are cool. and he was actually the one who he started playing D on twitch first he played with uh it me jp on his channel in the original mm. role play and then um he played with live in pink who started uh misclicks alongside me and she was like let's do a, a role play on our channel and let's do something different let's do second edition let's have guests on our show you know that kind of stuff and that's where it came from that's so cool. Yeah, not everybody can have parents uh, like Kelly to to push them into it. But I love that you kind of found your way there anyway, despite that uh, the, the safety net of <laughs> needing to go into comms. Um, but also, right. I mean, you, you touched on a couple of stuff there because there is that idea that you know people who have been playing you know D and D online streaming, um, you know, there's there's been. Uh, some crossover where people go from, you know, to MEJP's channel to playing with misclicks to playing uh, with other groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not always as expansive. You know, not everybody uh, is able to uh, uh, meet up or hang out or, or have mm-hmm. that that same network of friends in order to, to work and play together. So that was kind of the idea behind the stream of Annihilation was to get everybody who does this uh, or at least invite as many people as we could to the same place and, you know, have a melding of minds and have it make it a little bit be like, you know, hey, what do you do, uh, uh, Matt Mercer? Or what do you do, Mark Holmes? Or what do you do, Naja? To kind of like, you know, get everybody's on the same page. And I'm excited to get everybody into the house studios in Seattle and really, really watch that happen. Me too. Because I think I have this reaction to the people I play Dungeons and Dragons with online um, that I, I'm kind of fans of theirs too. Like I get starstruck even though <laughs> I'm playing with them and they're, you know, ostensibly also my buddies, but getting to meet those people in person is such a privilege for me. Uh, Cause I play dice camera action every week now with, with Chris Perkins and Holly Conrad and pro Jared and Nate wants to battle. And, and I think those people are so cool and I am so <laughs> into them that I got to actually, <laughs> I got to hang out with a couple of them at the Ren fair. Um, I saw those pictures. They were so cool. 
Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, they're letting me hang out with them. This is so cool. And they're probably thinking the same thing about you. They probably were. Yeah. I just think they're so neat. So getting to see everyone together at the Stream of Annihilation is kind of that same way to me that all of these people I get to interact with, but I don't get to see them in person very often. It kind of like cements that I actually get to hang out with these people and I get to see them in person and... Like you said, I mean, we have this awesome tool where we get to play Dungeons and Dragons online, but the the cool next step of that is actually getting to be in person with them and play right. pen and paper, such as it were. Yeah, yeah, and I've got if you guys, if, if listeners haven't seen the pictures of you guys at that Ren Fair, it's kind of adorable because you can kind of sense the all three of you were excited to hang out together and you know wear oh the gosh. costumes for the characters that you guys play on Dice Camera Action, and it was it was oh, just that's adorable. Really cute. It was adorable. <laughs> Are, it's so re- refreshing because we're all such big nerds about our show too that we, you know, when you have a D and D character and you want to talk about it all the time to people and <laughs> yeah. people are like they just don't get it because they're not in the game, but all of us are in the game, so we would kind of like role play our characters a little bit and then he oh that's so cool you know and then like there's people at the Ren Fair who are role playing too, so then they would come up to us and role play and we'd immediately go into our characters and it was just so so fun and as a complete nerd who likes to perform it was the best (laughs) (laughs) that is awesome have you guys ever done uh live action role playing any any larping oh i wish my sister is actually going to a week or i think it's like 10 days in oh god in some european country where it's like a camp for adults yeah, for adults. This is Shelly's dream. Her eyes just bugged out. She's like, what? Oh, I was just saying, I've never been to camp. I know. It's, it's, it's like I, It's either in Canada or it's in Europe. And I'm going to find it because obviously those are two very different locations. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she's flying off for like 10 days. And, and like the first year of it, there's only like 30 people. And this is the fourth year. And there's now 200 people. And you like Whoa. camp out with everyone. And you have quests. And it's like really like well-produced. Oh. I want to LARP so badly, and I'm so jealous of her. <laughs> let's That's just cool. LARP at Stream of Annihilation, Kelly. Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> we'll get some foam PVC swords, and uh, you'll be good to go. I have those, too. Nice. She just happens to yeah. have them I right there. She's just pulled one out, and now she's hitting me. Bam! Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's foam, Greg. It's the magic of radio. Deal with it. Uh, no, I used to have a college friend uh, who played, and uh, she would do that whole weekend-long thing. And uh, she she played Dungeons & Dragons, too, and she was a DM, um, but she would uh, often go as being like the bad guy. Like she would wear the orc costume and just be the Ooh. adversary for people to do. And uh, so her boyfriend at the time, That's who bold. she he called her like, oh, she's she's off orc whacking. She's just whacking some orcs. <laughs> 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 and it was always like, oh, okay, cool, no problem. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was. Uh, uh, so I, I was always fascinated with it. And that was before I had gotten even into to playing uh, as often as I, as I did in my in my twenties. You know, as college was still kind of figuring out. I was in doing theater. You know, it was which took up a lot of time. Time, and I wasn't able to, to play as many games as possible, but I always heard about those stories and been like, ooh, that sounds so fun. <laughs> I do you that. go to Dragon Con at all? That's in Atlanta. No, I know it was never yes. able to do because it was always the same weekend that PAX was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, they have like uh, LARP sessions that you can sign up for, although you have to do it like months in advance because everyone always signs up for it. And it's like two hour sessions in the venue where they have like this big room blocked off for it. And it's, you know, a, a two hour LARP session. Mm. Yeah, I've so, seen that at, um, at Gen Con where um, they have right. uh, an entire, you know, yeah, like almost like gymnasium sized rooms uh, all devoted. I think the one that I stumbled into was a uh, <laughs> was a steampunk uh, uh, LARP. 
Oh. Um, and it was, yeah, they were just all about like, you know, all in Victorian dress with goggles and, and awesome props. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that uh, was always fascinating. My kid really latched onto it too. I was just going to say, I see some father daughter LARPing in your future. <laughs> Ooh. That's so cute. That would be you cute. You got to start she them is, early. Oh, she is ready. Yeah. Nice. We She's found already a, doing maps. She's already drawing maps and creating her own worlds. Exactly. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And the video games help on that. You know, she's already creating Minecraft, kind of like, oh, yeah, this is our house, and this is where the, the pets live. <laughs> yeah, it's adorable. We actually found a Star Wars LARP uh, randomly. Uh, I just was driving by, and there was a camp, the Camp Long in, in West Seattle. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, let's go check this out. I never actually walked around this park before. And they were uh, setting up for a, a Star Wars LARP. No. So there was people in Jedi costumes oh, and Rebel kidding. costumes. and Can again, you watch? I kind of just we, we that's what we did. Okay. We just like paid attention, just to be like, what is going on? This is. I so would have cool. taken Quinn to that. <laughs> yeah. I could have done my C three PO voice. They would have <laughs> maybe thought he was there. <laughs> and just wear the the. Can the, I hear the, this voice? Actually, I want to hear this voice. Uh, I have to put like, on the panties. Okay. Oh yeah. The, the well, boy, I, it started boy because trying to get my son dressed in the morning could be hard, and he has oh, these sorry. Star Wars underwear, not panties. He, he would be very I, I upset. Very, if you the panties. I got very. Con- Sorry, I'm he talking about my Star kids. Wars <laughs> underwear. So I, in order to get him dressed, I pretended I was C three PO and C three PO did not want to go on his under he didn't want to be underwear. And so he said, <laughs> Oh dear, I do not belong on a little boy's underwear. I am a practical droid. I am much too good for this. Oh dear. And he just thought I was like, that is the best. Every day he it's asks. Like- you don't only have like the voice down, but also just like the inflection. It's perfect. And you can't see it. You should have seen the mannerisms. Actually do it. I'll do it for you guys when we're here. When you're here. <laughs> yeah, she That's had the, the so posture stuck. and everything. Actually, I put the C3 underwear on him today, and I have to get more pairs because he's always <laughs> like, I want to wear C3PO. It's kind of backfiring on me. Oh, now, now he, <laughs> it's all he wants are those ones. Like, how about some Ninja Turtles? <laughs> and what does he do to C3PO in the, when the underwear is <sighs> on? He immediately starts farting. <laughs> or pretending he goes, C3PO, I just farted. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Little boys. Because what else? Oh right? Gosh. Yeah. So let's channel that into into some, some LARPing and gaming right yes. away, right? Yes. I mean, Kelly and I, our job is mostly improv. You know, they put us on camera and have us introduce things and talk about things, and it's all improv. So when we get to improv and also do it in a fantasy world and as characters that we created with lives that are not our own, I think that you're never going to get a no from us. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because, I mean, I did uh, very briefly did some stand-up comedy, and it was always hard because there's nothing – there's very little separation between you and you performing on stage. Mm-hmm. Like you have to mm-hmm. get an audience of people to Ugh. dig you and you make sure everything that you're saying is, is, is entertaining at any given moment. So when I'm, when you're improving, you know, as a host, it's very similar in a way where you have to be like, all right, I have to be on and it's me and I have to be on. And then you're, I, I, you're right. Like when I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons in front of a camera, it's freeing in a way because I'm like, oh, it's not me. It's, it's a character. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm. And if people don't like Evelyn, then that's fine. I like <laughs> Evelyn. And half the point is to entertain myself. So if she did things that I like, then cool. You know? Right. There's like a separation between, you know, the, the persona of, 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 of Anna and uh, and the persona of Evelyn, even though there's crossover, I'm sure. Right. Or of Kellen. <laughs> Kellen is my my 
emo bard in this clicks D&D right now. The emo He's bard. Great. He is the full expression of my most super lame, uh, like, egotistical artist self. He, all he wants to talk about is like the the sanctity of art and you know where what meaning is in everything and he does it in the most like clueless way. It's great. I love it. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah, I love taking characters like that in D anD D and just like, you know, turning it up to eleven, a certain part of your personality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I think you learn things about yourself that way. Well, I think so too. It's a good safe way to learn things about yourself. Right. Like, I don't like danger. I learned that playing D&D. <laughs> I'm also not good in a crisis. So don't call me. I played a cleric once. It was not so. not the best role for me. You're much more better as, like, a sorceress. You can yes. just, like, mess stuff up, right? Yes. Just blow things up from the background. Yeah. So, Kelly, you said your first character was a wizard. Are you still yes. drawn to the magic users, or what are you playing these days? Oh, I love a good paladin. In any MMO or D&D campaign, back from like ages 10 till about 18, I would play a paladin. Something righteous, like not just that they're righteous, but in D&D, you have to play them like as lawful good, right? And there's actually a lot of stipulations that people don't pay attention to. Like we had a thief in our group and they stole something. And as a paladin, I had to be like, no, I'm not okay with that. And we had to like role play that fight, right? Right. Obviously, it wasn't like that big of a deal, but my character being the paladin, like there's there's always extra effort in being a paladin. Mm-hmm. So I've always been uh, gravitated towards that. But the last few characters I've played, I'm I'm five ten, I'm a little tall, and so I've actually been gravitating towards playing like tieflings and hobbits or halflings. <laughs> and the last few characters I've played have all been like halfling thieves or I think I played a, a tiefling. Wizard, I want to say, in in the last game I actually played with Misclicks. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I like to, for me, it's never about building a character based off of my personality. I always actually try and make characters that are a bit different than me because I think it's more challenging to act them out. Mm. Yeah, it is. I have Mm -hmm. to more actively, like, pay attention to it. I feel like I fall into the habit of wanting to make my character, like, the best that she can be. And, like, I'm aware of her as, like, me playing her. I know that sounds really weird. I'm kind of rambling right now. No, but I not feel at like all. whenever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I just like playing very specific characters that have very specific flaws because mm-hmm. I always focus more when playing them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think fifth edition does a good job of, like, surfacing those flaws, mm-hmm. like, right on the front of the character sheet where you can be, like, yeah, that's, like, my favorite part of, of, of this edition in a way is that it's so based on Ooh. the character. Right? I like, think I, – and obviously they didn't, but I swear they stole that from my father. My father <laughs> built a program through MS-DOS from, like, th- third or fourth edition – and he has these points where, like, you can pick a boon, but if they're, like, you have 30-plus points, you have to get negative 30 points with banes. And you have to have – and, like, they can be random fears from, like, fear of heights to something, like, far more serious to, like, can't be around, like, the snow. And there's, like, you know, random banes <laughs> that it will actually affect characters if they're, like, hit with a certain spell. And it's, like – I just got really excited when in 5th edition they started making people, like, actually picking up – boons and banes as well and I'm like my dad did that first I was really proud <laughs> now we should go talk to your dad and make sure like he's we not have him on yeah the well then we There's might owe him something oh no so oh. Are, <laughs> he trademarked, did he trademark that 
I, I wish. He was very <laughs> creative. Uh, That's thing, cool, though. He would make word searches in dungeons, and if you would step on a certain tile that spelled out goblin or orc or anything, they would spawn, and that's what you'd have to fight in the dungeon. Oh, my gosh. So, and this was, you know, this was to entertain his 11- and 14-year-old daughter, right? Because mm. after <laughs> a four- or five-hour campaign, it can be a little boring for a child. Gosh, you lasted that long? I know, that Four was or five. I mean, I've, I've, we've talked to a bunch of uh, uh, people on the podcast who end up playing with uh, uh, with littler kids, you know, and mm-hmm. they're like, they always recommend do like 20 minutes, do like 40 minutes, small encounters because, you know, maybe attention spans have, have decayed over uh, <laughs> yeah. since, since when you were playing. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, well, for us, we would always like have everyone over play for like or introduce everyone and like get into the game and then have lunch and then play for a little bit take a break like play for a little bit more it was always a production like yeah. D&D Sundays so, so what cool. edition are your your parents currently playing they i they've been DMing and playing like so many campaigns for the last 40 years now that they don't even really use a specific oh, campaign or modular their own but, my mom and dad rotate playing DM now, and and also their friends, but they just kind of like make a campaign on whatever they want. Oh, that's cool. I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And do, so, oh, that's so. They, do they like have a specific arc in mind that they want to tell, and then they hand it off to someone else? No, no, not really. They'll. My father will like campaign a game for like a year or two, and then they'll switch, and my mom will like campaign for about six months. Usually, my dad does the long campaigns, mm. but. The lot like from a ch- from when I was a kid, and when they were far more serious into Dungeons and Dragons, they would play like five, six year long campaigns, and they would like start at ten a.m. on a Sunday and finish at ten p.m. Wow! Yeah, that, just those like, games I was not playing. <laughs> just like the stream of annihilation. Yeah, exactly. Just, yes, you were you were preparing for this your whole life. You don't even know it. <laughs> we're so ready. You didn't even know it. Your parents should do a live stream. I, you know, every time I go visit them for the holidays, we play a little campaign. I, I, me and my boyfriend get like put into their, their campaign with their friends and I've always wanted to stream it, but it's too much of a production. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there's something, I mean, I I can't speak for you, but like, I feel like there's something pure about that being, you know, with your parents and their friends and and you don't want to exploit it. I'm all like, let's do this. (laughs) Right. Let's get some sponsors. Get some subscribers. (laughs) We'll get. (laughs) Uh, So Shelly likes to play lots of devil characters who want to sign contracts. (laughs) Yeah. I I do like the tieflings. You don't. That'd be a fun one. Just someone who wants to make deals for souls. Yep. Wheeling and dealing. All the time. Just sign me up. Sweet. That's so, like you, Greg. Yeah, kind of like you. That's how you put together this whole stream of annihilation. Well, I, right, I, you owe us your soul now, right? I thought that's <laughs> what was, that was in the deal, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it's totally part of the deal. The, you, you laugh, but I actually did play a character that I was a uh, uh, a, um, a theater producer who was uh, had no scruples. He was like a bard. Uh, this was like an evil campaign that we played. We only played like two or three sessions of it, so it was not like one of these long campaigns. But we we got to learn a bit about our uh, about our souls yeah. as like the uh, uh, I was like basically the evil producer who was trying to exploit every every single person he came in contact with for a show. And then did you freak yourselves out? A little bit did. Yeah, we did. We all a little bit were like, all right, well, let's put that on the shelf and never yeah. talk about it again, <laughs> except in front of thousands of except, listeners on Dragon Talk. Except when. You're doing a podcast. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, all right, man. Well, I, I guess I'm so excited for for Stream of Annihilation and all that it's gonna gonna do. Uh, I really hope we can I can pull this all off and get everybody. Me too, uh, uh, Greg. Dots uh, going, uh, making it happen. So, um, so do you do you two know some of the things that we're going to be announcing and talking about? I don't yeah. know about don't know announcements. Yet? Oh, S- seems like Anna does. Spoiler. I mean, I think I know some, okay. but. I would not say any of them. I know, right? <laughs> no, this is like a Greg's loaded like, question. Greg's like glaring at me. I'm just I, looking for a yes or a no. <laughs> yes. Wink, wink, wink. Wink, wink, wink. And, okay. then, I mean, and then we'll learn more over the next few weeks. So Sorry, that, uh, did I say, did you not want to say that? No, no, no it's okay. Try. I just, I, I didn't want to put them on the spot in oh, case no. they didn't want to know. I just wanted to know if they knew, like, they've already got, like, a sneak peek. They I already know. announced the new Miss Click show, as far as I'm concerned. That's yeah. the most important one. Yeah, news <laughs> broken. But not, not Dice Camera Action? Dice Camera Action is going to be awesome. That just doesn't count as an announcement. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe it does, that we're going to be there. And you can assume that we will be in costume because we tend to like to do that. So. Yeah, actually, when yeah. you guys did it at uh, TwitchCon, you were in costume, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we happen to have, like, a pro cosplayer on our cast, so... Whenever we're like, we should maybe go in costume. She's like, here, I made this for you in two seconds just oh, now. Geez. And she, she just, <laughs> like, I made, I made all the cloth pieces in my costume because I like to sew. But she, she made all of my armor and an axe and bracers and boots in one week. <laughs> it was wow. incredible. That's that amazing. Is, I don't have those skills. Me either. Holly posted a picture. There's a Holly Conrad we're talking about. She did. Yes. A, uh, she posted a picture of just. I think I was of something else, but I was so envious of her shelf behind oh. it. It's like a props person's shelf. Like it looks like it's made from a movie, really? but it's was just like, like in her house. It's just a shelf in her house. Huh. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's so amazing. I want to live somewhere where I have shelf shelves envy. like that." <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. Yeah, so she's she's got Put that it on aesthetic. Your vision board. And she might be yeah. doing she'll be hopefully in costume as as Strix, but you know, she might be doing some other costumes, maybe. Perhaps. Ooh. Little hints, little hints there. Really? See, maybe. these are things that I didn't know. So Yeah. Lots of surprises coming up. And they're, I know all about all of them, and I don't know if I can talk well, about them or not. Look at you, can. fancy knowing everything. <laughs> know, Mr. Right? Know-it-all. Oh, what a jerk. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like it's your event or something. Yeah. A lot of other people are helping out, putting it all together, too. Not just me. Bart did some stuff. What else? <laughs> Bart, Bart Carroll is, she- is Shelly's uh, husband, uh, if, if I can out that on the... Right. <laughs> oh, no. And he doesn't tell you anything either, apparently. No, we don't. Wait, we don't Bart? Re- like B-A-R-T? Yeah. Oh, my boyfriend's Bart. I've never actually no way. met another Bart. Is it, is it short for anything? No. Or Barton. But, see, my Bart is Bartlett. Huh. Yeah. Right. Whoa. I would have assumed Bartholomew. I would have, too. That's so funny. I actually call him Bartholomew to make him mad sometimes. Nice. Because it's not his full name. Yeah, it's like calling him Joe. It's like not his name at all. (laughs) I'm going to try that. I always think of that uh, uh, John Candy thing from Spaceballers. Bartholomew. Because that's his, was Barf. He was Barf, but he was like, Bartholomew is his full name. (laughs) (laughs) Bartholomew. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I'm excited. We'll, we'll let you guys all the other stuff uh, uh, that uh, we've been hinting at. We'll tell you for real before the event. I promise. Um, and, uh, <laughs> that sounds good. Where can people find you on, on the Twitters and, and ask you all those secret things that you won't be able to tell them? <laughs> Kelly? Uh, people can find me at Hello Kelly Link, and that's pretty much my name for most social media in general. Awesome. 
Yeah, same for me. You can find me almost every everywhere at Anna Prosser. A N N A P R O S S E R. And did you guys have anything else? Uh, like- watched- yeah, go ahead. Watch Dice Camera Action on Wizards. Yes. On <laughs> Tuesdays, 4 p.m. Pacific time. There's craziness happening. Mm-hmm. And right after it, you don't even have to stop watching because Miss Clicks D&D is directly after that, too. So all of my D&D is on one day, and you can tune in. How convenient. Awesome. It's almost like you scheduled it on purpose. I know. It's almost like I did. <laughs> <laughs> So cool. I can't wait for you guys to come to Seattle and uh, we'll show you around town and uh, get this stream of Annihilation going. It's going to be great. June 2nd and 3rd, starting at 10 a.m. on the Wizards channel. Uh, I'm repeating all this stuff, even though it's in the intro, but I like to get it all out there. Make sure you watch it. You got to hear things multiple times. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. And uh, we're going to cram prepping for the next three weeks. Sounds good. (laughs) Greg's got to get to work now. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Thanks for being on. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Bye. 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 Man, that is such a great story. Uh, I love that. Uh, of Kelly and her parents playing together. I, like, it's adorable. I didn't mean to ask so many questions about it, but I just couldn't stop. It's no, so good. It's great. It's so good. Yeah. And so excited that she's going to be like the, the, the guide for everybody for what's going on with, uh, with Stream Bonage along with Anna. That's going to be great. Her parents will be watching. I know. I had a struggle. I, I didn't mention this on the thing. I had a struggle not to say uh, Anna. When I'm talking to Anna, oh, because of Frozen, frozen. <laughs> yeah, it's like because I'll say Anna around my kids, Anna. and they'll be like, "Anna, Daddy, it's Anna." Anna, yeah, and so, oh, I bet she gets that a lot. Yeah, so I think I was consistent the whole time. If I, I if didn't I, hear if, it, I if, didn't hear it. If I was Princess Anna, I apologize. Well, she likes to sing, so maybe. Oh yeah. You could call her Anna, and she would bust out in a little song. I'm sure she gets that a lot too. <laughs> Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. Uh, so I, uh, I can't say it enough. I'm, this is going to be a really fun event uh, for for everybody, and uh, we hope that we get we capture that feeling on the stream, so everybody can can feel can what it's like not? to be in the room for it's something like that. Awesome. It's really, I think it's it's going to be exciting for all of them to be together, right? One place, yeah, yeah, and then we'll be sharing of brain matter back and forth. Yep, yep, yep. Talking about the Dungeons and Dragons streaming. Because it's a special group of and people who do of that. Surprises. Gosh, so many surprises. Lots of surprises. I, I almost want you to like give us a hint, but I don't I want can't you to. Wait to tell you a surprise. You're not going to give us a hint. No, I feel like you would be really mad at me if I did. Because <laughs> yeah, that's that's my demeanor is like mad You're all the time. You're an angry man. <laughs> <laughs> only that, only that, in that evil D and D theater producer. <laughs> Anywho, again, go check it out. It's going to be on uh, June second and June third. Yes. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. both days. There will be six games of D&D on both of those days. Some of them will be uh, these new shows that we'll be introducing to you. So you get on the ground floor, meet these people, meet the characters, get hooked. uh, And then uh, we'll have the weekly shows after that. Some of them will be super groups of people put together. Super groups. Super groups like they do in the, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame shows and stuff. Musicians. To, I don't know why I looked at Ryan for that because I'm like, oh yeah, he, he's, a, he's he's a musician. Musician. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, help us out. Right, just play some. <laughs> oh, that was so cool. He was doing the air guitar while you just did the. Exactly. So, so you guys playing that? Imagine Ryan playing some guitar like, while I'm doing my wow. dueling banjo. That's right. Yeah, right. It was a bass. Oh, sorry. That's what I do with my girls when I'm like, it's a bass, you guys, because he's playing this way. Yeah. Anywho, this will be better when we have the visual video of, uh, of what's going to be happening here on the podcast. Ugh. 
Then people would have just seen me spit into my microphone. <laughs> and <then> like, <laughs> super embarrassed about it. Oops. Oops. Oh, Sorry, dear. Guys. <laughs> I don't spit on microphones. <laughs> That's why we got this awesome screen. Oh, well, right. don't get too close to my screen. Anywho. Anyway. Wizards, uh, Twitch channel, D&D, watch it. June 2nd and 3rd, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. The intro will have all this I'll information, too. Shelly will be there all, all day and You'll all night. You'll be there. I'll be all night. Really? Just playing Dungeons & Dragons, even when it's not on the stream. Just playing That's not true. Day. I'll be sleeping. <laughs> it's going to be very, very hard. I'm I, a little bit stressed out. It is. So please, on Twitter, if you want to get in touch with me <laughs> and and console me, I'm at Greg Tito. Shelly, where, where, where can they find you? At Shelly Moo. And, of course, follow the uh, uh, official Wizards Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Wizards underscore D-N-D. Uh, we're also announcing today, uh, maybe we'll do this in the intro, too, well, uh, uh, well, that the Wizards, uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying Wizards, but the D&D official D- uh, D&D Twitch channel is now twitch.tv slash D-N-D. That's it. Three letters. Easy. Uh, Bart luckily As a had that. former theater major, I can remember that. It's easy. Your memorization skills yep. are coming into play Top here. Notch, baby. Perfect. Yeah. Go follow it now. Subscribe now. You'll get all the updates on what's going to be happening on June 2nd and 3rd. Love it. Um, and, of course, thank you so much to our hosts, uh, uh, Kelly and Anna, for being there and uh, uh, guiding it all happen. Yep. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Sweet. It's going to be great, Greg. Anything else we should talk about? Mm-mm. No? Okay. No, because I don't want to spill anything. Like the beans? Yep. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. Now you're farting too much because you <laughs> ate beans. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not as good as you are. I'm not as good as you, you are. Didn't, voice. You gotta do the arms. Do the, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, it really helps. <laughs> it does. <laughs> oh, thanks, All you guys. Right. We'll bye see bye. you next week. <laughs>